Howdy, and welcome to episode 20 of the FPL Jingle. I'm your host, Owen Ganhidi. My co-host, Stephen Meiselbach, is here. How are you, Steve? I'm not too bad, Owen. How's Bali? Bali is brilliant. It's, well, you know, it's too hot sometimes, and it rains sometimes, but being in a nice place and doing nothing all the time is, I think, what I was born for. I'm really excited. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think you'll ever get bored of doing nothing? Absolutely not. It's my. <laughs> that's what. That's where I peak. Uh, I think what was it? Connell once described uh, his dream job was where uh, a place where he could get paid to sit sit around and do fuck all. A librarian, perhaps. Yeah, even they have to do a bit every now and then. But yeah, you're probably not far off with that. To be honest, from what I saw, that's what Connell did in his job anyway. Yeah, like, and definitely when um, we moved to the place I, 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 where I'm working now, Beckman, it uh, definitely um, definitely didn't change at all. I, I was actually in the office this morning, and I usually go in at half seven, and uh, one of the lads walked in, he's like, Jesus, uh, you didn't get, you didn't copy Connell, Connell's timekeeping anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice to give Connell a good roast, and uh, his, his girlfriend put up a pretty... I thought that picture of his girlfriend put up was pretty fucking funny. If we didn't look at the duck. Yeah, the duck, yeah. There's a lot of good meme material, which uh, I think you took advantage of in the chat uh, anyway, which was very funny. Indeed. Well, it, it was it was high time that... Uh, or is it, high, is it high tide? Is that the same? High time or high, high tide? time? High time. That tide got his comeuppance for his LinkedIn behavior. It was it had gone beyond a joke. Even if I tried yeah, to like when you're going when you're going on there congratulating yourself for doing something in Google Sheets, like it's uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're you're you're, do- you're, uh, you're pushing the boundaries there, you know. That that was um, he's an expert in self fellatio. He should have put in. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever do you ever wonder? Do you ever think about doing stuff like that, like making up fake fake certs and seeing if people are actually bothered to like read it and see what it says? Or, uh, I didn't think about doing it, but I mean, now you have me thinking about it. Like, what what would if you got enough jargon that was total bullshit, but was very funny in the yeah. end? Yeah, I, yeah. But you know, like if someone didn't know what fellatio was, you could get away with something hilarious. Yeah, like you know, um, potential recruiters in a foreign language might potentially not exactly know what it is. Have to go and like Google it or something, or uh, or even if you decided to like make it like a uh, <laughs> make it like a regular course, but then like you know signed off by like Bob the Builder or something like that, just to just to see if people are like tuned in. Absolutely not. I want you know the way you can endorse people on LinkedIn. I'd love to endorse types uh, ratio. <laughs> the the funniest thing I've I've ever seen on LinkedIn was uh, was John when we were at the top of the the Domo in the Florence and uh, he took a picture of him staring through the um, oh, what are they yeah. called like the the binoculars and <laughs> said looking for LinkedIn endorsements. <laughs> we put that we put that up at the top and I think by the time we got into the bottom, his girlfriend was already messaging him and telling him to change the picture back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, LinkedIn is is a fucking meme though, isn't it? Uh... Yeah, at times like I remember, uh, I remember looking through and it was just this woman talking about how like she was just newly divorced and like ready to get back to work, and I was like, Jesus Christ, are you okay? Like this isn't the place. 
Yeah, I remember that. It was like, uh, just got divorced. Can't wait to get into the office. Uh, as if she was going to address the recent divorce with someone in the office or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or the person she got divorced from was in the office as well or something? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe not the place for it, but uh, very fucking funny. Yeah. Um. So... We sometimes talk about fantasy football on this podcast, much to my dismay. Mm. Uh, I thought it would be interesting, Steve, to take a quick look at the title race because it's, um, what's the word for something? It's like the elephant in the room. It's something we're not talking about because Arsenal fans presume they will lose it and don't want to seem cocky, so don't talk about it at all. But we are going to address it briefly at the start of this. Um... So we have, is it 15 games left or is it 16 games left? This is game week There's 22. 36 games in a season, so depending on how many games a team has played, there's like 15, 16 games left. So Arsenal have played 20 games. games in a season, and, uh, so, Sorry? There's 38 games in a season. 38, sorry, yes, you're right, 20 minus 2, yeah, 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 there you go. There. Just that's why you're the host, Owen. Yeah, that's exactly. why you're the host. So uh, Arsenal will have... Um, as you rightly pointed out, 18 games left. Some have 17, some have 16. So it's, uh, there's a little bit to sort out in terms of like blank weeks, double game weeks, and uh, with uh, all the League. cups going on as well. Yeah, Champions League. Yeah, exactly. So um, there's going to be a lot of congestion between now and the end of the season. And Arsenal are five points clear with the same amount of games played. Is that correct? No, Arsenal have a game in hand on Man City, so if they win that game in hand, that would take them to eight points clear, and I believe that extra game in hand is Everton, who they play at home in a double in game week 25. So they play a double in game week 23, Brentford at home, Man City at home, in what's going to be two key key um, fixtures for them, having lost to City in the Cup with an albeit weak inside but probably playing well they then lost to Everton away from home in a bit of a banana skin game but they also didn't play that well so they'll be keen to try and get a bit of form going into that City game because you feel that's really important obviously Um, but then that Everton game as well is also going to be important in the back pocket if they can get three points from that Yeah they'll be keen to get revenge on Everton after them probably an embarrassing defeat in the end Sean um, side. I don't know if embarrassing is the right word. Um, I def, I think, I feel like it was a little bit, maybe a little bit demoralizing because you know Everton obviously had were poor run of form. They just got a new manager in, but everybody knows uh, Sean Dyche and kind of how we can drill a team in, into playing a certain style, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, they contained Arsenal's midfield three, which was a four. Whenever Zinchenko went in there. Um, they didn't need a lot of possession. They scored off a set piece, uh, defended like their lives depended on it. So it's if it was everything you needed out of a typical Sean Dyche, like a, a hallmark performance from from Ever- Everton. But Arsenal just didn't really play that well. They had a few chances, and Keddy blasted one over. Um, Saka had a shot cleared off the line by uh, Connor Cody, and then there was an Odegaard chance in the second half, which. I think was probably the best chance of the game where he skied it over the bar 
and normally he's been a lot better at that this season um at least getting it on target but um look i think we were kind of uh helped by the fact that city went had to play uh spurs away which is a, a place that they just haven't been able to score in i think in their last five uh visits yeah. there I saw uh, they, sl- they haven't scored a goal so it's a bit like their kryptonite so that kind of bought, um got them a get out of jail free card there absolutely yeah yeah it's Regardless of Spurs' form, which just tends to be shite, uh, uh, cities tend to do nothing at that stadium. I was just looking, so coming into the the first City versus Arsenal game, both teams have two days rest, so you can't say either are particularly favoured. Jesus will still be injured, I'd imagine. He's he's, he's actually not fit until mm-hmm. the end of March or so. He... He's back running on grass, but they're probably going to take it easy with him and not try and rush him back. So, um, depending on, like, I think he probably has come back a little bit ahead of schedule. So they'll just want to make sure that he's a hundred percent before they even think about putting him back in the game. So, and then man, I don't think Man City have any injuries to contend with. Is that right? I think they're pretty much fully fit. I think John Stones was a potential hamstring that he got against Arsenal. I don't think he played in the game against Spurs. I could be wrong there. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think other than that, they're pretty much at full strength. I can't think of many players that are that are out for them. But I think that's also because of the amount of ro- players that they rotate on. You never really see um, City putting in the same... I know that's a joke about Pep Roulette, but you never really see them putting in the same at least five or six players like they used to. Uh, it's now, like, rotating mm. the whole time. And if City do lose a game, that's always the reason for it. It's always the excuse. I think the fans find is that they'll, uh, they'll point out why didn't he play their strongest players in this game. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, it, it's, it's kind of like a curse, like, when he does it, uh, and it works nobody really notices or pays attention because well it's man city they're supposed to win but whenever they lose well oh it's pep the tinkerer and he tinkered with it too much now he's it's definitely big. guilty of that like you just need to look at uh, man city's um champions league semi-final performance against leon where he clearly underestimated leon as a side and put out a very weird team and then they ended up getting knocked out and what was a very good chance for them to win their first champions league so there's definitely giant times when that is the case yeah, yeah. My favorite example is is when he played no center defensive mid in the Champions League final against Chelsea. Um, that was enjoyable. So, um, at the end of the day, we'll probably try to give a prediction on how the rest of the season might go. Even oh, if geez. even if City beat Arsenal twice, that leaves them mm. three points behind. If Arsenal do win that game, and no, sorry, two points behind if uh, Arsenal win that two game. Two points, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, do we think City will win both those games and win more games than Arsenal before the end of the season? That's kind of the uh... question. And That's a very good question, and I'm looking at the. I... I feel like we've seen, we 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 I feel like we've seen the wheels fall off City already, and that they've kind of had their blip. We haven't seen Arsenal have the blip, and I expect one. Yeah. Uh, like I so. think if you look at Arsenal's, if you look at Arsenal's last what is it five games or before the end of the season, it's week thirty three away to City. 34 at home to Chelsea 35 away to Newcastle 36 at home to Brighton 
those are really tough fixtures and like I'd want us to have I'd probably say I'd want us to at least have maintained the five point lead going into those games because I feel like we're definitely going to drop points in, in one or if not two of those games and like especially the Newcastle away game like depending on where Newcastle are in the league like they could be competing for Champions League so that could be an ultra competitive game very tight um do I think Man City will win both games over Arsenal? I'm going to say no. I think Arsenal at home are usually pretty good. And Man City, I think in the last five games they played away from home, have lost all of them. So there's a little bit of something there. Um, it's not the be-all and end-all, but I mean, you know, that's definitely something that you have to consider that they play Arsenal now midweek next week. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a, it'll probably be a different conversation after that game. Um, but I'm still going to predict that Man City are going to win the title. I've been yeah, I've been I think pretty confident probably... of it all along. I think that I don't think the odds went out quite as far as as when they were two 0 down to Tottenham. Um, I think no, I think well, I mean, when everyone sense. saw that result, yeah. everyone really thought that not that not only the wheels had fallen off, but the the cart had just completely disintegrated. So. That was a massive result for them. Mm. I see. I think I'm still going to predict a city for the title win. Um, Steve, are, are you hopeful? Uh, look, I, 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 I've said all along. You know, Arsenal never expected to be in this position. We were never supposed to challenge for the league. Uh, other teams have just dropped off in form a lot. You know, Liverpool being the main one. Um, I, I'd be happy with an automatic Champions League spot. Like I, I don't really think you can argue too much with second place even if we do manage to lose it everyone will probably like especially Spurs fans probably try and call us bottlers but I mean I that they bottled everything in their fucking entire history so um look I think we're kind of a little bit ahead of schedule with this Arsenal team but I think we will be competitive in the next yeah two three four years to come if we can keep the keep the nucleus of this squad together good word nucleus so um okay steve a reserved prediction from yourself but that will conclude our opening what, what's the word for an opening from a segment oh, just, there's a nice word that i'll have found out by the end of the pod that'll conclude our opening we have just a little different start to this pod uh, which is just finished we will now get on to actual fantasy football um Maybe we'll skip my team. No, uh, I don't think we will, yeah. thanks. I could use a bit of comedic relief. So you only had three returners this week, Steve. Uh, did I only have three returners? Well, I mean, if I did, it... Uh, Mustn't have been a great week for you. Hamper, it definitely didn't hamper <laughs> me too much because, uh, like I said, I triple Captain Rashford, who scored me uh, 60 points on the dot. And then, yeah, I suppose after that, it was fairly barren. The double... Um, Man United defence um, in the double game week didn't really pay off for me, but had Kane for eight and Kepa for ten, and you know that was still enough to finish inside the top six hundred and fifty thousand. So, you know, um, I feel like uh, whenever you triple captain a, a player, you're always very nervous. But I mean, I think if you're talking 
two goals and assist and four bonus points um i don't think you can really argue too much obviously there are players that have had better triple game weeks but there's been many more players who have had worse so can't really argue too much with that no no it's the dream return that's exactly what you you would be hoping for that's uh that's uh, 20 points sure is is three returns or so from a different player so yeah it's uh the absolutely perfect response so blanks from Trippier, Martinez, Varane, Saka, De Bruyne, Martinelli, Mitrovic, and Haaland. No points in your bench really either. And no. the average points for the week are 37. So you've really you really bucked the curve, I think, this week. You've probably moved up in the ranks quite a lot. What What is your overall rank at the moment, do you know? My overall rank at the moment is um, just outside the top 600,000. I'm on 609. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Places you nicely for a good end to the season. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I said if I said if I could finish in the, inside the top million, I'd be happy enough. So, like, you know, if if I can keep uh, keep the arrows green, um, keep that ticking over, you know, just keep slowly gr- slowly climbing, keep on that grind, you know. Always grinding. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, that's well, I can't say the same about your team. I don't. I think your team have kind of given up on the grind. So my team is just inside the the two million overall game week ranks. So a, a target of, of finishing in the top million is probably possible, but it's going to need a decent. decent I remember at the start form. of this season though, when you were saying you wanted to finish inside the top one hundred thousand. I was in the top one hundred thousand game week two or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm, well, I'm, maybe, maybe you should maybe you should uh, edit that so it just says to finish at some point inside the top one hundred thousand. Then yeah. No, maybe not this season. <laughs> oh, just like some point in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never said this. Season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Grand. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's good to know. You said. No, I had I had a totally totally blank game week outside of Harry Kane, uh, Almiron, De Bruyne, Kulusevski, Ben White. Walker got a point. Malassia is still in my team. Pope for two. Trippier for two. Uh, the only other points are Nico Williams at third sub. He got five. They did keep yeah. clean against Leeds. So he must have got a yellow. Yeah, he uh, did. So that was all for me. A total of 27. Probably my worst week, I think. I think it's my worst um, week. I... I think it's probably. I mean, in terms of uh, points scored, yes. But I think in terms of where you finished, in terms of the game week rank, you definitely have finished lower. I think you finished like in like the at like the ten million spot. So, mm. yeah, yeah, it's not looking good. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get the, didn't make the Rashford and Saka change, which didn't help. That would have been twenty points or you know something like that. Um. At least Saka did nothing. Not good. Not good. And game week 22. No. That leaves me with 16 game weeks to steady the ship. Um, yeah. And the, the, like the, maybe the, the... maybe jumping the gun a bit here on, but like what are you what are you looking to fix for game week 23? Like are you thinking potential wild card or are you going to save that for um, later on? Or like, you know, what are you going to what are you going to try and do to right this ship? I mean, like, I could wildcard, but I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of players here that I'd be keeping. I mean, like, I'd probably still have De Bruyne, probably Martinelli, Haaland, Kane, 
I'd be keeping Ben White, Trippier, Pope. Uh, which means I'd be getting rid of Kulusevski, Almiron, Malassia, and Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Ivan Tony in the side, so that's one less player to change. Then I have Andreas, who you'd probably still keep as one of your subs. And, I mean, Nico Williams, he did go through a spell of not starting. Maybe this is a sign of him starting games from now on, but probably not. Aurier maybe was just not fit or not interested. I, I don't feel like I would be changing eight players in the team if I did wildcard, do you know what I mean? I feel like mm. I'd be changing maybe four or five. And would you would you uh would you be willing to do four in one go or are you gonna try and do two a uh, a burst of like two and two? I think I'll I'll be changing three players this week. I think I'll be getting rid of Almiron and Kulazewski. I think I'll be getting rid of a defender, perhaps Kyle Walker. I'll be bringing Ivan Tony into the side off my bench. Uh, I'll be bringing in Rashford and Saka most likely. And then I just need to figure out who my third defender is going to be. We had this discussion last week on the pod where we were trying to decide who would be the third defender. I was debating tripling up on Newcastle. And I'm unsure. I, maybe I'll try to figure out something at Man City. I don't want a Chelsea yeah. or Liverpool defender. Maybe I'll go well, for Chelsea. Put it, put it this way: if you're gonna go for City, you either go for Ederson or you go for like a Kanji. Ake. I don't think you. I don't think you bother. Maybe Ake, yeah. But I mean, even still, like it's a bit. I don't know. Dicey. A Kanji feels like the one that's kind of nailed on at the moment. Uh, the only other thing then I'd say regarding Kulusevski is that like over the next eight game weeks or so, like Spurs do have like the second easiest run in bar. Um, Arsenal, so they play like I think it's like in the next seven of these eight teams are in the bottom half of the table. That's Leicester are, West Ham are, Wolves are, Nottingham are, Southampton are, Everton are, Brighton aren't, and Chelsea aren't. But I mean, th- those are some nice fixtures for them. And uh, let's see, like one, two, three, four, four. Half of them are at home, so. Um, like Kulusevski is a, a pretty good player, but I mean, if there is a a better alternative out there and potentially for cheaper, then yeah, obviously go with that. But um, after that win against Man City, Spurs could be potentially hitting a, a small bit of form. Hmm. Yeah, I already have Kane and Kulusevski. I have I have two Spurs players, and I'm debating dropping the Kulusevski as I said. Um, yeah, hard hard to predict with Spurs. I mean, like they've been going through a bad spell. Maybe they will turn it around, but um, they've been going through a bad spell all season, on but they somehow yeah. managed to still hang around and win games. Mm. Yeah, difficult to predict. They have Richarlison there as well, who they just don't like to play. <laughs> who fucking cares about Richarlison, man? Let's just be honest with each other. Like, I mean, fucking sixty million pounds, and he sits on the bench, and then they go get this Dan Juma guy from was a Villarreal after hijacking the Everton deal for him. Like, what's, no, that was just for the what's meme. going on? Like, yeah, I presume it's only for the meme because I mean, imagine you're a Spurs fan thinking like, right, we're gonna go and strengthen the squad, and you go and take a player who was gonna sign for Everton. Like, hardly the most inspiring uh, signing. Uh, there, there must be something going on there because, like, we know Richarlison's ball, or like we've seen it at Watford and Everton at times. 
So what, what the At fuck? times. I don't think we've ever seen it consistent enough, though. Mm. Still, you'd think he'd be good enough to be getting games for Spurs. like given Over who? Uh, I think he should be rotating in and out with Kulazewski. Mm. If anything, I would have said Son. Son's been terrible all season. He's had a couple of good games here and there, but I mean... Other than that, I, I I think he definitely should be rotating with Son because I think Kulusevski has been the more consistent performer when fit. Mm. I don't know. I, it, it shouldn't be that difficult to work a, a fourth forward into that side. Like that, that should be getting regular minutes and regular returns. Um, like you know, when, when Liverpool were going well, like they had more than just three forwards returning. So I mean, be. they did, but I mean, when you think, if you had to name the Liverpool front three, it's always going to be Mane, Firmino, Salah. Like, you I mean, you, you did eventually, uh, towards the latter stages, you would bring on, you'd you have a Diogo Jota, and then you had a, had a Luis Diaz. But before that, it was Divock Origi, and like Oxlade-Chamberlain, or like Shakiri, Like, very much bench players come off the bench, try and have an impact with 20 minutes to go if you're behind in the game, or put them out in the cups in the early rounds anyway to give them a bit of game time and get a bit of um, running in the legs. But, I mean, like, that's maybe not the greatest example to use, is all I'm saying. Mm, I don't know. I, I, I will say that I'm surprised at uh, what's happening with Richarlison at Spurs. I, I expected something totally different. Oh, I think uh, everybody did, but, I mean, yeah. So before we move on to the games, I want to have one question for you, Steve. If I was to ask you who Natanaki is, what would you say? Who what? Who Natanaki is. Nathanake, the Man City player. Yeah. Yeah. I was totally rattled in the Netherlands when someone was asking me about the former Chelsea guy playing for Man City, whose name was Natanaki. And it took me a long time to understand who he was saying. Is that how it's pronounced over there? Uh, that's how this guy pronounced it, anyways. And he's Dutch, I believe. It's Nathan. Yeah, it must be Nathan Aki or something. It was hmm, rattling for ages. Um. Okay. So, game week twenty-two. What happened? Chelsea had a win, a nil-all win against Fulham. Everton. <laughs> Everton beat Arsenal. It's the moral victory zone. The moral yeah. victory. Absolutely. Uh, Brighton. Yeah. Took, uh, beat yeah, Bournemouth. Look, it's not very exciting. Go on. No, um, Brighton beat Bournemouth. Uh, United beat Palace because Casemiro tried to choke a, an albino man. Um, Liverpool <laughs> why, uh, got. Why, why do you need to say albino? Because <laughs> Will Hughes looks albino, man. Look at him, and then look at his <sighs> face with the facial hair. It's like the same color as his skin. It's actually whiter than his skin, and just looks weird, man. But, but. <laughs> But I, I, I struggle to see the relevance, but go on. <laughs> I don't know. I was just making a joke, man. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, uh, Liverpool got slapped around by Wolves in a fixture that I saw coming. Um, Leicester had a, had a good performance against um, Villa, scoring four goals. They had a new sign in uh, Tete, I think, as a winger. They brought in, I think, on loan uh, from Liga, Brazilian. Uh, got on the score sheet anyway. Newcastle weren't able to hold, uh, make it uh, eight clean sheets in a row um, in the Premier League anyway as they drew a West Ham. And then, yeah, like we talked about the other ones already, you know, Arsenal losing, Spur, uh, Spurs beating Man City. 
and then uh, just tonight there was a maybe um a surprise result I would say in the United Leeds game in that United only managed a two all draw against the Leeds side who had only just sacked their manager a few days ago and were probably trying to cope and figure out how to set themselves up to play against a a team challenging for top four but uh, yeah it was a good performance from them yeah I, I would say a shock result I suppose yeah and you, and you can't say a rest was an issue either Leeds played on the 5th of February than Man United played the day before so Man United even had more rest going into the game mm-hmm. but uh, yeah yeah that'll be a, a, a nice surprise for Leeds after sacking their manager to Hopefully that, that's yeah, the only other the only comment on. the only other comment I'd make on that game is that it, it Weghorst I'm not sure entirely fits into what United want to do. I very much think that he was supposed to be a backup option for Anthony Martial this season, but with Martial just continuing to be injury prone, I think they're just having to play him there, and they're con they seem to constantly hook him after sixty, sixty five, maybe seventy max minutes. He doesn't ever seem to really finish a game, uh, so. Maybe that's him just trying to get up to speed with the league, having been over in um, Turkey for a little while. But uh, yeah, I think it, it it doesn't really seem to work all that well when he's in, he's around. But maybe uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong in in future games. But uh, with, with, I think uh, as long as they've... I'm just wondering with Sancho fit, I wonder will he uh, will he free someone up to to play up top and let, and let Rashford, Rashford continue. No, I mean, like, obviously, they intentionally don't play Rashford up top. I'm aware of that. But I wonder, with Sancho fit and scoring, does it free anyone else up to play up top, even himself? Uh, no, I'd say it's probably just Rashford or nobody. Like, because I think you'd play Anthony on the right, Sancho on the left, or whatever way. No, you'd have to play Anthony on the right because he's, he's one-footed. And he, he just has to cut in on his left. It's It's programmed into his brain. Uh, Sancho would then have to start on the left, and then it'd be Rashford up top. But I mean, in the form he's in, you'd you'd really back him. You would. Well, I mean, like I, I've also watched games where Rashford has been up top, and Man United have been playing poorly. Then Rashford's been moved out to the left or the right, and all of a sudden they start firing. So I I I believe they're they're not playing Rashford up top on purpose. Uh yeah, I know they're they're not. But I mean, if they had to, like if they were. Like, if Wild Weghorst went down, I think they would be playing Rashford up top because they don't know who else you'd, they, they could put up there. That's the, that's the question. Do you, do, you, do you chance one of these wingers like Anthony or Sancho or someone just to put Rashford no. in his best position? No, not personally. I think you'd still, I think the team would still perform better if you had Rashford up top than, than, than either Jaden Sancho or Anthony or one of these other wingers. I think you'd see Rashford stop scoring if you put him up there. I think he wouldn't have the space to operate in. I don't know. Look, it's a hypothetical. Maybe it, will, may, it might happen in the coming weeks. So we'll have to just wait and see. Oh, yeah, I just see Alanga on the bench there. I think it was last season that he got a few games and actually looked good. But we haven't seen much from him. Yeah, I don't know. Garnacho seems to have been the this season's Alanga. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a it's an interesting quandary that um, United have not too dissimilar to Chelsea's uh, issues with uh, wingers, but uh, albeit not the same amount. Yeah, I mean United sorely lacking in the winger department there. <laughs> <laughs> we can see. 
Um, yeah, uh, maybe the the Wolves three 0 and Liverpool is a shock result. I mean, like it's nice to laugh at Liverpool, but Jesus, this this is the bottom. I would say for them. Yeah, like Klopp was fairly cagey after the game. He refused to answer a question from a from a journalist from the Athletic, um, and you just don't know. <laughs> uh, look, it's kind of weird because, like, you know, nobody's really kind of well. I suppose United fans are 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 laughing at Liverpool, but like, you know, the way it's not the same kind of um, you know the way Arsenal for years were a meme, and then kind of Spurs are a little bit are well are still a bit of a meme. And then it kind of moved on to United when when Ferguson left, and now like it just it doesn't seem to be the same kind of thing. But like the results are almost are are almost similar, if not worse. Like you know, I, I I couldn't tell you the last time the Liverpool put in a good performance. Like I think since the restart of the World Cup, Wout Faz is still their top goal scorer with two own goals. Like you know, it's it's that bad. That's impressive. It's chronically bad. Yeah, um, a disappointment for people who drafted their their fantasy football teams based on on uh, Liverpool's attacking form. Um, yeah, yeah. I wonder is will will this mark a turning point? I mean, if if it doesn't change now, you start calling for Klopp soon, do you? No, I think he's earned the right to decide when he leaves, and I think especially with the changeover and ownership that's going on in the background. I think they're going to try and keep as much stability within the club as possible. So the Klopp has earned enough, uh, has put enough money in the bank to um, justify when he makes a decision to go. Uh, I don't. I don't think that any manager is really ever given that uh, uh, leeway. Yeah. Are they? You're telling uh, me Ferguson and and Wenger were for well, not maybe Wenger. You might have a little bit of a case there, but. Ferguson was not forced out. Ferguson went out on his own terms. No, Ferguson was still winning. Ferguson left after winning a title, as far as I remember. Yeah. Whereas he didn't. He didn't have a spell of form like what Liverpool are having right now. I am. He did at one stage in his career, but like they they stuck with him. Yeah, I, I mean that's a different time. I mean, like that's 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 back when we were in secondary school. Um, no, I'm. I'm even talking before that. Like there was a time when, not too long after he became United manager, that what they were playing very poorly, and they wanted him to be sacked, and they stuck with them. And like, look, it's it, it's very cyclical. Like the pendulum swings back and forth. Like it just, it's the 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 squad really hasn't been revamped enough to compete and perform to the levels that Klopp needs, and that's just become apparent. And teams have also figured out how to play against them, and. I think the departures of keys, certain individuals like uh, Wijnaldum and um, Mane and players like that have just been had had more of a knock-on effect than I think people give them credit for. But um, look, it's just it's just one of those things. It'll be interesting to see how um, Liverpool approach the summer window. They're obviously going to try hard for Jude Bellingham. He'd be a massive get if they could get him. Um, trying to get a, a full um, roster of uh, forwards fully fit. Obviously, trying to get Darwin Nunes to improve on his form from this season. Like I think Liverpool at the moment is damage li- damage limitation, and it might not even be too too bad for them if they were to potentially miss out on the Champions League. Um, I don't think they'll get it anyway. So, mm. yeah, yeah, Jude Bellingham or a Declan Rice now would be right up their alley, and then just their Jota and Diaz to become fit would help. But, We'll see how that goes. 
Um, yeah, Nunez has not been a success either. But uh, I think, yeah, anyone with Liverpool assets was going to be playing him in that Wolves game, and then they go and get the 3-0. So stay away is the advice for now. Um, yep. So the end of this segment, the bankers and the outside picks, not quite the stellar performances we had last week, Steve. No, it's uh, basically a role reversed. Uh, none of our bankers came in, and the only ret- uh, return we had was my pick of a Wolves defence um, for a clean sheet, which they managed. Um, and from watching the highlights, I only watched the, the small highlights from Sky Sports, which are like, you know, three minutes or four minutes or whatever, and I, I didn't even really see one clear-cut Liverpool chance. So, um, yeah, it looked fairly comfortable in the end for them. Yeah, and... Uh... Uh, fucking uh, not something you'd have been predicting at the start of the season. Uh, otherwise, my prediction for Mudrick, he got hooked at half time. Halland and Saka both played for teams that didn't score at all. And the Newcastle defence after seven cleans didn't keep one. So, uh, you know, you have to pick and choose when you listen to this segment, Steve. It's not, uh, <laughs> we're not very consistent. Well, this well, I think the bankers are pretty consistent, but like, yeah, like the outside picks are outside picks for a reason. But like, you know, I'm on two in a row now, so see if I can make it three this week. <laughs> That's our best so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the days since last accident posters. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's going to conclude Game Week 22. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with all the exciting things about Game Week 23, and we'll have question time. Make sure you listen to the commercials. Question time with the FPL Jingle hosts. Starting with, is it worth bringing in City and Arsenal assets game week 23? Most people will already have two to three of them, but they're not, are they, are they not scoring quite like they were, Steve. Yeah, like, I mean, we've talked on it before that the rotation in Man City has obviously been a bit of an issue, but, I mean, it, you'd probably have your Haaland, your De Bruyne, and then one one defender. So myself this and week... And De Bruyne would be giving a you a headache. He, did, he does, he does give you a headache, but, I mean, I think after the poor performance against Spurs, he definitely uh, starts in the games against um, Villa and Arsenal. I think they're too important to leave out your best players. I think... Kanji is probably the best shout in terms of a defender. You can make the case for Ake as well, and I wouldn't really argue too much with it. I brought in a Kanji uh, this week to have a double defense, especially against um, Villa, who, while they've they've scored in the last few games, um, Ollie Watkins has really kind of taken back that um, striker um, role since uh, Ings has left. But you would fancy them to keep a clean sheet at home against them, and then obviously they go into the Emirates game where. You never know what could happen. Um, depending on how Arsenal's game goes against Brentford, it it could be um, it could be City going in as favourites. Um, but if Arsenal put in a good performance against Brentford, could be the other way around, which is again kind of goes into the Ars- Arsenal assets like at home to Brentford is a, is a nice fixture for them to try and right the ship. Brentford not an easy side to play against at all, but one that you would be expecting them to get the win against. So. Hmm. I'm just wondering, like across the board, people are going to have Haaland. They're going to probably have Saka. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people will have Martinelli. 
De Bruyne is is not very highly owned, I'd imagine. And then defenders are tough. Like, I've been white, but it's hard to know what the Arsenal defenders. So most people are going to have that three to four anyway. And we should be going yeah. to five and Bruyne, six for the double game week. De Bruyne I, I, is owned by 35% of all teams. Yeah. Just an FYI. Okay. Highly owned. Um, yeah, for the double game week. I mean, they, they both have easy fixtures and then they have that game against each other. Yeah. Which which I don't see being a nil-nil. I mean... No, I think no. both teams realise they kind of have to go for it a bit. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't be jumping up and down about defenders. And, I, and I'd probably find it easy enough who's going to score to, to predict who's going to score for Arsenal. But, like, predicting someone outside of Haaland to be getting points for City. It's a fucking mindset. Yeah. I think you're kind of um, relying on the De Bruyne Haaland link that um, they had at the start of the season to try and like kind of get that going again you know Foden's long forgotten about well he's I think he's injured so that's kind of why he's not been playing I don't think it's because he's been forgotten about I think the game against Spurs they said that he wasn't feeling well in the in the hotel so that he he wasn't in the squad then Mm. but even when he was like he's not he's not returning like you know he's it's been Mares for the last few weeks and never comfortable bringing in Mares. No, Mares, he does this usually around around this period as well, kind of like Jan- January area where he starts getting a flurry of games and he looks class and then Pep drops him again for whatever reason because Pep is Pep and then you don't see him for the rest of the season really. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when Foden is back because I think Grealish is kind of starting to kind of do more and more in that system like he's definitely doing more defensive actions anyway getting back and uh, making tackles winning um, possession back or getting um, the ball for for his team and uh, the end product I think will hopefully um, for well for him in his sake anyway hopefully come a bit um, sooner so mm. yeah it, it, but it is it's a hard one to call Difficult to call. Uh, so then, uh, with the double game week, are we triple captaining Holland? And I think I will. I think, given my prediction at the start of the season that that City will come out on top, they need to win these games. That's my prediction: is that they will win this game. Then, I think Holland is going to be the scorer when they do win. I think he will also be in with a chance against Villa in a home game. I mm-hmm. think I will triple Holland. Well, I think, what was it, um, the stats, I think, it was a half a million or more, I think, triple captain Haaland on the first double that City had um, a few weeks back, and he didn't, he kind of blanked, I, I think he got yeah, a one goal, goal maybe, yeah, 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 something like that, but, um, and then a lot of people, again, I think a half a million or so, triple captain Rashford, the week just gone, like myself, so... If you still have your triple captain left to play, you're kind of thinking either this weekend or you're looking at potentially like game week 28, 29, when there might be doubles due to like cup congestion, like FA Cup or Champions League sort of thing. So, yeah, you're kind of wondering where that the next double might come from if it's not. So if you're if you're not going to do it this weekend, you're kind of taking a gamble, you know? Yeah, otherwise you're kind of looking for... It's very difficult to say. Okay, Highland has Southampton this week. I'm I'm going to triple him. 
it's very, you know the single game weeks are very fucking hard to back so I think you have to take the double and this is probably the one to do it yeah uh, if you still have that chip uh, next yeah. up Steve you already pointed out that Spurs have that easy run coming up and that there might be one or two cheap players to pick up uh, maybe we'll quickly talk about which ones I mean most people will have Kane uh, there's Kulazewski's yeah. in my team uh, though he's misfiring I'll say um, Son is probably a stay away and then you're talking about defenders I'd imagine yeah, you're probably looking at defenders, especially given some of the uh, teams they'll be playing against now. What I would preface that by saying, I think Hugo Lloris has recently um, actually um, has an injury, and I think he's going to be out for the next few weeks. Uh, although it says here thing? in the injury, 25, it says 25% chance uh, of playing, but I thought I saw on Twitter that he was actually going to be out for a few weeks. So it might be Fraser Foster in goal, but I think Perisic... Um, at the start of the season was kind of getting rotated a lot more but I think now he's kind of getting more consistent starts at left back the right back spot is a bit more harder to call because you've obviously had Matt Doherty who's gone to Atletico Madrid and they brought in Pedro Porro um, but you're not sure if he's going to come in straight away so Emerson Royale is probably going to stay in there for the next few but you never really see much end product with Emerson Royale and he is always fond of a yellow. So you're kind of thinking, where do I go there? I think it's mainly with um, with Davies or Eric Dyer really is where you're thinking. Uh, if you're just looking for clean sheet points, Romero is suspended for the next game. So he obviously probably isn't an option for a lot of people. And it's, um, yeah, it's just an interesting one. Like, you know, you look at the midfielders I already and have. I already have Dyer queued for my draft team and bringing him in. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then, like, but you look at the midfielders and you see Hoiberg as the top scorer for for Spurs this season, which is just crazy to think about. Like, obviously, Kulusevski's been out injured for a, a decent uh, stint of that, but I mean, Son have been haven't been the top scorer last season. Um, <sighs> have as poor a poorer run as he has. Like, what is he? Four goals and three assists. Like halfway through the season, like my god, my uh, what a poor performance that is! So, but uh, yeah, look, it's just they kind of they have that win against Man City now. They've got some nice fixtures ahead of them. There's a good chance that they pick up a bit of steam and and start getting a few results. Um, that'll be interesting. I I think a defender is the most interesting one to pick up there, and uh, might be mm-hmm. something to bolster your team at a low price. Uh, game week 25, Steve, we have a few blanks. We have Manchester United Football Club, Newcastle, Brighton and Brentford all on blanks. And we will note that there's a double that week as well. Uh, is that right? There's a few doubles? Or am I going ahead? Um, give me week 25, uh, is it? Yeah, Wolves yeah. play Fulham and Liverpool. There are some doubles that week. So yeah, that'll be Arsenal a big play. opportunity, I'd say, to to upset the trend. Yeah, Arsenal uh, play Leicester and Everton in what's probably a pretty decent uh, double for them. Uh, you mentioned Wolves already. They play Fulham away and Liverpool away. Probably tough enough. Um, well, depending on how you think Liverpool now, it might not actually be that tough. Um, but although Anfield, that uh, Anfield is usually a pretty tough place to play. Uh, and then, yeah, those are the those are the ones. So. Uh, obviously, the the other teams that have that are just the reverse of what I've just said. 
Yeah, yeah. I wonder I wonder Everton defenders maybe, given that they managed to keep Arsenal out and with Sean Dyche. Oh, I I, I need to, to see more. I, I'm not going I'm not no, I'm, <laughs> I'm not fully converted I'm in, to baby. the church of to the church of Dyche. I'm not fully uh, converted yet. Obviously you'll have Arsenal players and then you'll just you probably won't get Liverpool players for their double just because they're shite. So it's Everton and Wolves yeah. that you're looking at to get maybe a defender each, something like that. That might help yeah, like I mean, I have uh, I have um, your man Bueno on my bench. I think he's like mm. three point nine when I got him, and he was getting consistent minutes. I don't know. I don't think he played against um, uh, Liverpool, but um, be interesting to see how he goes if they if that continues or does he come back into the starting lineup. You'd be hoping then that that might work as a differential for you when other teams might have to bench their Man United players and other things like that. So. If there's an opportunity there, there's an opportunity to do something. Keep an eye out for mm-hmm. Game Week 25. We'll discuss that in the coming weeks. Our final question for question time. I missed a little jingle that we had. Is <laughs> Yeah, the potential for lots of blanks and doubles. I see World C. Is that, is that World Cup Game Week 27, Steve? Is, is, is there qualifiers on already? No, I was oh, going to say wild card. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> the World Cup, <laughs> it's back and in pog form. <laughs> they uh, appealed no. the World Cup. They said yeah, that so, are such shitty hosts. <laughs> yeah, Glenn lodged an appeal. Wanted the World Cup final replay. It. <laughs> um, there's loads of potential blanks in Game Week 28, depending on fixtures with Cup, the FA Cup, and whatever potentials with Champions Leagues. So. There's a potential for a lot of double game weeks in 29, but obviously it's a lot depending. It's still all up in the air. We're only on game week 23 at the moment, so it's still a lot to be decided upon. But just an interesting thing to keep an eye on for is is, is those blanks and double game weeks. And 27, to try and preempt that, might not be a bad opportunity to like assess your squad and try and set you up as best you can for those those two weeks. Mm. Obviously, Ben Crellin is is the guy to follow along with here. He'll he'll keep you up to date. Um, so yeah, that it'll be difficult now. Like if if we think about the double next week, and then we talk about the blanks in twenty five, and then possible blanks in twenty eight, and then doubles after that. It reminds me a bit of last season when when all of a sudden players from Leicester and things started becoming good, and even Everton and things. Um, yeah, there'll be a, f- a few changes in tides, I reckon. In that period this is also very early like you know we're, we're not even talking about teams with nothing to play for anymore that doesn't come until late into the game week 30s mm. so it's it's going to be a rocky end to the season yeah it is it is but it's 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 always the exciting part you know uh that it is that it is uh that that's our question time so a quick prediction um if, if I'm, I'm not sure how people feel about the bankers and outside pick area, you you pick and choose when you listen to this bit. <laughs> uh, so, despite the blank, Haaland remains number one. Uh, he will be playing Villa and Arsenal, and given yeah, my prediction, like he's on a double the league. Yeah, he has he's to on return the this week. They they have to do something. They they need something like. They know they need something, so uh, I pres- I predict them to to be able to to do something there. Uh, ooh, baby, a triple! Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in the, in the dock oh. there. Uh, 
And then, uh, yeah, like Saka, likewise, has the double against Brentford and City. So that's where we've gone for him. And then, like, uh, Rashford, again, playing Leeds. <laughs> uh, he's he's two for two <laughs> in games against Leeds. So we'll see if he can make it three for three at the weekend. Um, and then my outside pick that I've gone for is Kulusevski, uh, who we were talking about in that whole uh, Spurs Um mm. I think uh, he's a potential differential player uh, in a Leicester team that that can't keep many clean sheets as of late. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'm happy enough with that. And uh, your pick own is a, a man come uh, come out from the wilderness. Uh, yeah. So just yeah, just give me a few weeks. I'll just be picking Chelsea wingers for a while. Uh, started <laughs> with uh, with Mudrick, uh, the returning. It's not Ego a problem. Felix. I swear. <laughs> The returning Joe Felix is going to be my uh, my outside pick for the week. Uh, I, he did look spicy enough in that game against Fulham before he got the red card. So before he got he himself sent to, off, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully he returns to that form. Uh, okay, that's going to be the outside picks and the bankers. A quick look at the draft team, Steve, before we, we call it a day. Yeah, can do. Um, I had an, unfortunately had a loss to our friend uh, Steve Lyons. Uh, I had a small lead going into the no United game, and then he just and then he just blew me out the water. He had um, he had Rashford in that game. Nanto, I think Shaw got an assist. So yeah, it was game. It was it was good night, Irene, from a very early point in that game. But look, I've got a few decent players. I've got Kane, uh, Callum Wilson, Matoma was a good pickup. Odegaard still. Um, I've got the double um, Newcastle defense with uh, Pope and Byrne, uh, Perisic, like we mentioned, might be a decent option. So there's a few, there's there's some room for optimism there, but I mean, um, there's probably a, a little bit of TLC that needs to go on. There's probably maybe one or two waivers that need to happen. What about yourself? Uh, a bad week, a 33, uh, two returners in Keppel, Keppa and Wilson. Um you know, no returns from Robertson, Salah, Martinelli, Inketia, Ake, Kulusevski, amongst others. Uh, Perisic on my bench with five is the most exciting thing. I have Solly March on my bench. Cancelo yet to go. I've, I think I've queued Eric Dyer for him. That'll leave me with a double Spurs defence, actually. But, yeah, a bad weekend. And, and uh, I was combing through the, uh, the waiver wire uh, yesterday. Jesus fucking Baron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I, it's not yeah. fun when you go to uh when you go to transactions and look at the available forwards and i think the first uh, guy that's always available is a uh, brian and uh yeah mm. there he is now <laughs> how are you now brian <laughs> and then uh and then it's uh followed by uh che xg adams and then an injured bobby firmino and an injured dominic Solanke. so it just tells you like if you can find any sort of half decent forward like snap him mm. up like just just straight away don't even think about it like just don't think about it just do it because <laughs> if you think about it for too long it's just going to be gone it'll be snapped up yeah I, I think so the returning joe felix might be interesting i mean like if if you could make any bit of a prediction in terms of chelsea wingers at the moment that's only a midfielder i know that you might get something but you have so many to choose from it's hard to get it right Midweke, felix or mudrick um but if you could make a half a prediction there, you could be onto a winner. Um, 
But yeah, not so good. I, I don't even know who I was playing this week, Steve. I'm sure, for sure I had a loss. Um, I can try and find out for you right now if you want. <laughs> that will reveal that next week. <laughs> oh, lovely. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Okay, and that's going to do it, I think, for episode 20 of season two. Already 20 episodes down. Uh, any final words, Steve? No, no, just 20 episodes in, but it feels like a, with the winter break, it feels like a little bit longer. But I mean, like, yeah, no, still enjoying them, even with the time difference. What is it now? Half 12 here. So very much looking forward to getting to bed now. That'll be nice. Anything nice planned for your sleep, Steve? Any nice dreams queued up? <laughs> On the schedule? Yeah. Nah, I usually save them for the weekends. <laughs> Get a good sleep and done then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do a big sleep. On, on that bombshell. <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch with us, as per usual, Discord is the place to do that. That'll be linked in the podcast description. You can get our website. That's fpljingle.com. Or Twitter. That's at the fpljingle. Uh, thank you for listening to episode 20 of this podcast. Uh, goodbye from me and goodbye from... Who, me? Oh, yeah. Bye now. <laughs>